Hi everybody and welcome to my latest podcast and this one is 10 fun facts about bacteria. According to scientists there are more bacteria on the earth than there are stars in the sky but how much do you actually know about our single-celled prokaryotic friends? What even are bacteria and are they all harmful to us? The Microbiology Society have a nice overview page where you can read about bacteria in general. You might be surprised to find that they're actually a lot more complicated than you realised. So here are 10 fun facts. Number one, they can create a slimy fortress that protects them from the outside world. We've all stuck our fingers down the plug hole to discover it's full of slimy gunge. Disgusting. But there's a clever protective layer that the bacteria in your sink create to protect themselves from all sorts of things being washed away in the case of your sink, but it can also protect them from chemicals such as antibiotics. Um, and biofilms are made up of polysaccharides or carbohydrates, proteins, DNA, and lipids. And these are excreted by groups of bacteria, which can enable them to stick to surfaces. You'll probably find that they're quite difficult to scrub away in your sink. And biofilms can be a complex place to live and have been dubbed cities for microbes. Number two, they can talk to one another. To create your biofilm castle, you need to communicate with your neighbours. Bacteria can talk to each other using a system called quorum sensing. They do this by releasing specific chemicals or signalling molecules in response to environmental conditions. They must have the ability to detect these signals. Um, and when there are enough bacteria all signalling to each other, they then reach a threshold. And this enables certain genes to be switched on. And this can trigger the formation of biofilms and the ability to swim or infectivity if you're in a host. Uh, and there's a really good video on how this works on YouTube. Number three, they are able to share genes in multiple ways. Bacteria not only have a chromosome, but many of them also possess multiple smaller circles of DNA called plasmids. Plasmids are able to replicate independently from the chromosome and can be passed between individuals of the same species, as well as between different species. You can read about plasmids and their importance in the link in the um, blog. This enables bacteria to share useful genes in difficult environments. For example, many antibiotic resistance genes are found on bacterial plasmids. If a bacterium finds itself in a hostile environment, for instance, in a human body being treated with antibiotics, it makes sense to pick up a plasmid that might make it resistant and therefore able to thrive. You can read more about antimicrobial resistance uh, in a link on the blog. Number four, we use them as factories to produce things for us. We've learned how to manipulate the genomes of some bacterial species so that they contain genes that produce proteins that are really useful to us and that otherwise we might never be able to produce on the scale that we need. We do this by cloning the genes that we need from one species into a bacterial cell. And you can read about how cloning works on a link on the blog. And because bacteria reproduce very quickly, they can produce much larger quantities of the protein that we need. There are many examples of this, but insulin, used by diabetic patients to regulate their blood sugar, and rennet, used in the production of cheese, are the most commonly known um, versions. There's some really interesting links to the history of insulin and how we produce rennet. Number five, they can live pretty much anywhere. We have found bacteria in almost all environments on the planet, including extreme salt, extreme hot, and extreme cold. And the collective term for these indestructible bugs is extremophiles. Number six, a gene from a bacteria made one of the most used laboratory techniques possible. 
street, uh, speaking of extremophiles, we've borrowed something from them that has helped to make many scientific discoveries possible. We discovered a protein called polymerase that is vital for the cell to copy its own DNA. Thermus aquaticus, a bacterial species found around deep sea thermal vents, has a highly thermostable version that we've dubbed TAC. Um, and so this stands for Thermus aquaticus. Um, and this polymerase, um, scientists, scientists routinely use this polymerase to copy DNA using um, PCR. Thanks to COVID-19, pretty much everyone has now heard of PCR, but fewer people know that PCR stands for polymerase chain reaction. TAC polymerase was instrumental in making PCR the scientific powerhouse that it is today. And you can read about the history of PCR and TAC polymerase in the link on the blog. So thank you, Thermos Aquaticus. Number seven, we can use them to make our planet greener. We know that some bacteria can break down hydrocarbons, which are the building blocks for many non-renewable resources, such as plastics and oil. This means, in theory, we can harness these bacteria to help us break down the materials that are traditionally seen as difficult to remove from the environment, such as oil spills. In 2016, scientists in Japan found a bacterial species, Idionella sakiensis, that can break down PET, which is commonly used in plastic bottles. Whilst these bacteria in their natural form wouldn't make much of a dent in the mountains of single-use plastic in the world, it paves the way for scientists to engineer more efficient versions which could help us clean up our planet. Pretty neat, right? Number eight, they are the oldest known land organisms. Scientists believe that bacteria are the oldest land-based life forms on Earth and may have been around as far back as 3.22 billion years ago. Evidence of bacteria have been found in fossils dating back um, nearly three and a half billion years ago in hot springs in Australia, and modern humans in comparison have only been around around 300,000 years. Number nine, they can produce very quickly. Bacteria reproduce by something called binary fission, so a single cell divides into two identical daughter cells. This can be pretty quick, especially in ideal conditions that can be replicated in the laboratory. You don't need bacterial tinder for a start. E. coli, uh, the microbiologist's favourite bacteria, for example, can reproduce roughly every 20 minutes in the laboratory. Although scientists do predict that this should be much slower, more like maybe every 15 hours in, in the wild environment. So if you started with a single E. coli and cultured it for 24 hours, it would divide 72 times and you'd end up with nearly five sextillion cells, which is five and 21 zeros. Bacteria don't tend to reproduce that fast if you have an infection, thank goodness, but it's easy to see how quickly your immune system might get overwhelmed and need help for antibiotics. Some bacteria do reproduce more slowly though. Mycobacterium tuberculosis, the bacteria that causes tuberculosis, replicates every 12 to 24 hours, and that's in the laboratory. So that's only two to four bacterial cells after 24 hours. Tuberculosis is a disease that manifests itself very slowly, and the bacteria's rate of growth is part of that reason. You can read more about why the tuberculosis bug is difficult to treat um, in my article that marks World TB Day. Number 10. Scientists have created an entirely synthetic bacterium. We've been manipulating the genomes of microorganisms for years uh, to use their genes to produce things for us, as I previously mentioned and scientists were able to create a completely synthetic genome using whole genome sequencing. Now they've also created a functioning and reproducing synthetic version of a bacterium too. They've called it, pleasingly, 
Mycoplasma Laboratorium, or Cynthia for short, and it has its own Wikipedia page. This synthetic biology might pave the way for new uses for bacteria, such as fuel sources and manufacturing the molecules that we need. So whilst you might often think of bacteria as nothing more than pathogens that cause nasty diseases in other organisms, they're actually pretty smart in their own kind of single-celled way. As our technology advances, we may be able to harness them to help create a greener and healthier future. So watch this space.